0: Welcome to a midweek edition of the Varsity Club podcast. Uh, If you listened to last Friday's podcast, um, I had Chris Walsh on. We talked about the intersection between sports and social media. And I said at that time that we were going to do two this week. One with Kyle Cardell to talk baseball and one with Jacob Padilla to talk basketball. And we are flipping them. Um, after the news that happened Monday. There's just been news that has happened, like, every day at Nebraska. This Nebraska, I told somebody this the other day, Nebraska's like the popular girl at school that always has to be the center of attention, and when she's not the center of attention, she does something outlandish to make sure that she is the center of attention again. That's the vibe I get from Nebraska. Kyle Cardell is sitting across the table from me. What's up, man?
1: How we doing? Good to see you. Welcome back from Bricktown.
0: It was fun. It was fun. You had a wedding you had to go to, and I was expecting tweet updates from that wedding and I did not get as many as I would have hoped.
1: Yeah, um, played a considerable role. I wasn't sure if I should be tweeting on stage of the church. Um, well, that's the best place to do it. I probably, probably could have snuck a couple in there, but I tried to get in a couple, couple photos from the wedding, um, at least a couple updates so, so people knew, knew that it actually was completed and they actually both said yes. So, um, it, it happened and it was a great success. Lots of cleanup afterwards, um, but uh, no, everything went well.
0: Do you watch Friends?
1: Uh, uh, I have very little. But
0: I was gonna make can, a reference, but you won't get it. now. I can pretend to understand. Well, when uh, it's, I'm gonna sound like a total geek because I know exactly <laughs> when it happens. It's season four, <laughs> and Ross is getting married to Emily, the British girl that he met, mm-hmm. and uh, they're all at the wedding, and Phoebe is not because Phoebe is at home pregnant. And so Joey walks down the aisle with a phone held up so that she can hear everything. Nope. And he's on the phone with it, on the phone with her. And when he's standing in, I guess, is there a name for the row of groomsmen and bridesmaids that stand? Is there is there like a Probably. special name there's for a,
1: it? There's a special name for everything. I'm just going to say
0: the row. He's standing in the row and he's holding up the phone and he looks at Ross <laughs> and he's like, Ross, it's Phoebe. And Ross looks super pissed. You could have done that. You could've I could have just held a phone up.
1: I could have done that. that would... Documented the whole thing. What season is that? Four, you said.
0: Four. I'll have to check that out. Just watch the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Ten seasons. Watch the whole thing. Make your life happy. I let's start baseball. Yep. Yeah, let's do baseball. Um, let's do that. There. There. Well, I guess I went back and forth on whether I should say something about Maurice Washington hmm. uh, because I guess like Monday's news happened with Darren Erstad, which we will absolutely talk about, and then Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> Maurice Washington. It was announced that he was cited for possession of drug paraphernalia. Uh, police were called to his apartment. If you haven't, if you haven't read, I'll just touch on it briefly. Police were called were called uh, to the residence that he was at by somebody who smelled marijuana. They got there, they smelled it coming from the room that Washington was in. They went into the room and they found a pipe with burn residue, and so they cited him. It was a and released. It wasn't an arrest, and. The reaction was weird, to say the least. Um Marijuana's not bad. Like, I'm just going to go on the record and say, like, it's you can drive to Colorado and legally smoke as much as you want. It's not a bad thing to do marijuana. But when you have a pending legal case, a felony case in California, maybe don't be smoking marijuana when you're a college student on a college campus. Like, just be a little bit smarter. That's all I will say. We've got stuff on Maurice Washington on com, so you can read it if you want to.
1: Probably not going to help your case.
0: Erstad. Yep. Uh, mm. They get back from – I mean, like, they get back from Bricktown, and within a couple hours, I think, uh, Erstad tells the team that he is resigning as head coach. When you saw that news, what was your reaction? At first
1: – well, I first saw it through the email, through the university email, and – um, I was still back at home from the wedding, um, about to head back to Lincoln. And I had—I was pretty certain I misread it because I—Urstad? No, not Urstad. It must have been someone else. So I had to reopen it. and well, No, complete shock. I—I I don't think anybody saw it coming. I didn't see it coming. Um, Just—just kind of. I mean, totally supportive of the guy. I love Urstad and. Uh, just disappointed and sad for for the guys mostly i mean the, those guys went through so much through three straight days after getting almost pretty much walked off and Saturday night horrible way to lose come back get absolutely beat down the next day 16 to1 which everybody kind of saw that one coming um and then to come back the very next day and have your coach announce he's leaving that's that's three straight days of of a lot of pain for those for those players, so I I really felt for those guys, mostly the mostly the athletes. Um, obviously, Erstad has has his reasons of why he wanted to leave, and he he said pretty straightforward that it came down to family. Uh, wanted to be there for his kids, growing up, and if that's if that's the reason, I totally support that, and I think that's great. Um, but yeah, my first thought was just, gosh, those poor the poor players right now. They've been through a lot
0: in this past week. Something. Uh, that you said and I don't know if you were consciously doing this or if it was it's just kind of habit at this point, but you said if that was the reason we're talking about the family thing and I think that um, kind of subplot here is is so interesting because when a coach just up and quits I won't say quit he didn't quit when a coach just up and leaves there's always uh, it's it's like human nature to be like what's beneath the surface? What what what's going wrong behind the scenes? What did we miss? What was it a force out? What what's the bad part of this? What's coming? Um, and I think there were maybe some people that thought, okay, this was a forced resignation, which I don't think it was. Uh, his birthday was the next day. Like Bill Moose is not going to fire him a <laughs> day before his birthday, um, especially not like the timing of that. It doesn't mix with a. With a firing, yeah. um, some people were maybe thinking that he wants to go do something else. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the the thinking was. I don't know. Do you think that it was uh, that there there's any underlying reason to why he would leave now, or was this just in your eyes? Was this just the right time for him to go be a dad and be a family man?
1: No. From from what I've gathered, it sounded like he was pretty well thought out. I mean, he didn't he didn't give any hints or anything like that towards it, but. Um, no, I I really don't believe there's any underlying reasons. Like the like a couple players said, Erstad's never been a guy that lets lets negativity or fan negativity get to him. That's that's the farthest thing from what's gonna bother Erstad. And and Moose has been supportive the whole time. I mean, he's he said he's done everything to deserve a job. He's been uh, get to the conference championship this year. He's been fully supportive of him this year. So. No, I see no no underlying reason. I just feel like he had this was well thought out for a long time, and the timing was right. He was ready to ready to move on. So, eight years, and uh, he said he also mentioned that he had talked to a lot of other coaches, and um, a lot of other coaches said the one thing they regret the most is is missing time with their kids growing up. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's a good reason. Um, surprised. Totally surprised it happened this early, but um, no, I don't see any underlying thing behind it.
0: Yeah, Charlie McBride was on HRC Radio Tuesday, I think Tuesday, and uh, either Monday or Tuesday, and said that uh, his kid one time said, "You love your players more than you love us as kids," Mm. and I've never really thought about it from that standpoint. Like I've never really like if you're a dad but you're also a full-time coach at a major D1 program in, in any major sport. You're spending more time with your team and the players on your team than you are with your kids. Mm. And I've never thought about maybe the toll that that could take on both the dad and the kids as well. Um, you know, we went through this with Bob Stoops at Oklahoma. He wanted to go back and just be with his kids. And I doubted the sincerity of that statement at the time, And but he— spent like two years with his kids i think and now he's coaching in the xfl so i don't think darren is um i don't think the door's always closed and i don't think the door ever will be closed if he wants to come back he obviously can i think he made the comments to the journal star a couple weeks ago or at least bill moose i think it was bill moose actually that said he doesn't need to do this job he had a very successful mlb career he could have just retired and been a dad he doesn't have to do this but he wants to Mm-hmm. and if he doesn't want to anymore then that's totally justifiable he can go do his thing but at maybe later on down the line maybe he wants to again and and maybe we'll see what happens but i think the main point is that he has earned the right to do what he wants to do
1: yeah that you bring up a good point it's it's not like he ever ever needed this job he he took it cuz he loved the program and he he gave a lot to the program eight years and um yeah i think he's ready to he's been a busy guy for a long time and he's ready to ready to uh, enjoy his life a little bit, I think, here.
0: Yeah, it's a long... The MLB season is very, very long. Yeah. <laughs> when you're in that for... What did he play, 14 years? Yes, Is that what he was in there for? God, that's, that's a lot of time. Um, there's... So I tweeted something. We'll, we'll talk about coaching candidates in a second. I tweeted something, and it got a bunch of backlash from people, and I said, maybe we can let somebody from the Fire Ersted Twitter mob coach the team because they know baseball at an elite level and I had a bunch of people kind of snapping back at me and being like well um, we know baseball better than you blah 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 and I'm like that's fair I don't know baseball at an elite <laughs> level I don't cover the team I, that's that's you I right. defer to your expertise yell, yell on at that. me I want well, that's not what I'm saying <laughs> I defer to your expertise on that to tell me is he a good coach or not and the authority figure on whether he's a good coach or not is his boss the athletic director right who on multiple occasions has said yes he did what he needed to do to keep his job, and he earned the right to keep his job moving forward. Right. He, I mean, they're they're three of the last four uh, NCAA tournaments they've been to. They won an outright Big Ten title, and they played in the Big Ten championship game this year. This year, yep. That's what Moose wants from his coaches. Yep. All of his. He's always said he wants to compete for Big Ten championships
1: in in every sport, and um, they've done that two of the last three years. Very. Very efficiently, winning the Big Ten title, like you said, two years ago, um, and then this year back in the conference championship. So, yeah, I, I he checked all the boxes that, that Bill Moose is looking for.
0: So, let's move to kind of the future. Nebraska had the uh, number 16 recruiting class, was it? Freshman recruiting Freshman class. Freshman yep. recruiting class last yep. year. Um, sign, and, and some of those guys played major roles this season. Um, there's young talent, obviously. You know, Erstad said in that in his uh, the final press conference of the season after that UConn loss that he loved that senior classes as, as much as any team that he's ever had, um, and they're they're gone. But there's a, still a lot of young talent here. Um, Moose went on Sports Nightly, I think Monday, and, and said that this is a destination job. This is a job that people leave other jobs for. That Nebraska has the facilities and Nebraska has the tradition and the fan support and they play in a great conference. Blah blah blah. Same talking points. My question to you is, do you agree that this is... Do you think this is a top 40 job? I saw Mike Schaefer tweet that he doesn't think this is a top 40 job, so I'll say 40. Do you think this is a destination job the way Moose thinks it is? I mean, it's obviously his goal to sell the program, so he's not going to say, no, we're not a top 50 job. We can't lure somebody like Rob Childress from Texas A&M. But do you think this is a destination job that can attract high quality candidates do you think the fact that they play in the Big 10 and not the Big 12 anymore hurts that
1: i would say my answer to that would be two part fin- financially the Big 10 is not real attractive to a top coach most of the time obviously nebraska is going to be able to put a little bit more of a bill um, So if if you're looking at it financially, it's not gonna be one of your top choices. Um, If you just look at the Big Ten, um, how they're comparing paying their coaches compared to the other Power Five conferences, they're way, way below. I didn't
0: know that, interesting.
1: So yeah, I actually pulled up a graph that I I found um, that the Big Ten is the lowest paying Power Five conference by far um, in regards to baseball coaches. The Big Ten average salary is two hundred seventy-three thousand, and then the Pac-12, which has a, a wide range of Oregon State to uh, Washington to lots of different pay grades. Um, they're the next lowest-paying conference at four hundred and eighty thousand, compared to the Big Ten's two hundred seventy-three thousand average. Wow! So it, it's a big gap. Um, and then the SEC average pay. Um, is at right around eight hundred thousand. So it's, for pay wise, looking at the Big Ten as a whole, it's not attractive for a lot of coaches, I would say. But um, when you talk about the fan support, the um, just the overall facilities, fan support, what it what Nebraska has to offer, I think absolutely. Um, I think it has everything you need to be successful. Um, getting recruits. Uh, to come play baseball in the cold is a challenge, no doubt. Um, but I think a lot of the a lot of the fan support and um, facilities make up for that. So, top forty job financially, no, but um, the support that they get from other places, I'd say, yeah.
0: I guess I didn't realize baseball coaches made that little.
1: Yeah, I was shocked by that too. Um, do you know what Erstad makes? It was right around two hundred fifty thousand. Wow. Um, maybe closer to two seventy. Okay. But yeah, it's it's a big. I was shocked as well because I I had to do some looking too.
0: I would suspect that with the money that's kind of coming into the athletic department now uh, and Bill Moose's willingness to spend top dollar to hire top coaches I would suspect that they would pay above average in the Big Ten that would be my guess for a new coach I would say the same so I'd be curious what number what number they'd be willing to go up to uh, to bring a guy so let's talk about candidates then because the one that everybody wants is Rob Childress at Texas A&M he obviously has the Nebraska tie yep. um, He, if you go to his bio on the Texas A&M athletics website, the first line of it is re- widely regarded as one of the top pitching and recruiting coaches in the country. <laughs> and if you go back through Bill Moose's comments on what he wants in a coach and the That's two exact. areas that he looks for, he wants recruiting and he wants pitching. Yep. Is Rob? I I asked you to come up with a couple candidates. Was Rob on your list? Is he realistic? Absolutely, he's. I think it about the top of everybody's list. He's one of the first names
1: you hear. Um, is it realistic? That's a good question because, yeah, he's he's making right around $800,000 at A&M. Um, and he's comfortable hanging out in the SEC. Geez, uh, you would
0: have to go above that to pull him from SEC country to come coach in the Big Ten. You would, you would have think. to go above that. And that's five times what your average conference salary is. Yeah, so the pulling
1: him from SEC land where you're, he's had some very good success and he's getting paid very, very well. I think it's a stretch big stretch
0: but uh, I mean, is this a better job than Texas A&M or is Texas A&M a better job? <sighs> Recruiting. I don't think you're going to hurt anybody's <laughs> feelings if you answer honestly. <laughs> Recruiting-wise,
1: absolutely not. I mean, A&M's got got uh, players in their backyard. I mean, with they're their, in Texas the,
0: and they are in the SEC footprint. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, now. But okay. um, yeah, he's he has ties if he's if he's sick, if, sick of it, wants a change. Who knows? I mean, uh, Bill Moose has uh, made some pretty big splashes in the past. I wouldn't count anything out.
0: But, uh, yeah, it would be a stretch, I would say. And there are two other – there are two assistants on his staff that yeah. have been linked. Are they on your candidate list as well? They are. Why so, don't you just run through that list for me? Yeah,
1: and I don't know how you feel about this, but mo- most all of them uh, – come most likely – one nebraska's next head coach there's probably a pretty good chance to come from the state of texas if it comes from from this list because yeah you go um a and m rod childress rob childress and then uh the two assistants below him will bolt and justin seeley a couple former players and coaches at nebraska so that a and m tree has a lot of nebraska ties in it so i think the first two names you see on a lot of people's lists are childress and bolt um just because of the ties they have at nebraska and the success they've had at a and m and the sec and um then if you look beyond that i also have um nate thompson is a assistant at arkansas um he was a volunteer coach at nebraska for three years from 08 to 2010 um and he's obviously had a lot of success down in arkansas with van horn so he's got that nebraska connection um TCU's assistant coach, Kirk Sarlows. Um, I have him on the list um, because of what you brought up with Bill Moose. Um, he's regarded as one of the top assistant coaches in the country. And he's been working with the pitching staff. And um, since he's been at TCU, they have been rock solid pitching wise. This year, they were fifth nationally in team ERA. So if you're looking for a pitching guy, uh, TCU, Kirk Sarlos is a guy and then the last guy I have on the list is Dan Heefner of Dallas
0: Baptist. I wondered if he was on your list.
1: Um, so he's they've continually been powerful program outside the Power 5 conference and that's that's another thing that Moose brought up is he, he wants he, he would prefer to bring a guy that's had success in a Power 5 conference head coaching which uh, yeah I agree I think that's something you really should consider but Rob Childress before he went to A&M he did not have any did not have a coaching experience so yeah I think I think that's a good goal to have but I, I don't think that needs to be a end-all be-all when you're hiring so
0: did you list off those names in order of how you think they would be placed on Bill Moose's uh desk drawer list
1: yeah I've got those <sighs> okay yeah Rob Childress I've got at one um which I think mo- most everybody would... I think he's probably at the top of Moose's list. Yeah. And then then I do have Bolt um, of A&M just because he checks every box. He's he's a former player, former assistant at Nebraska. He's seen the su- success under Childress at A&M. So that's why I have Bolt and Seeley both there at 2 and 3. Then after that, um, so you got that A&M tree that, to pick from there mm-hmm. for those top three um but then after that i mean dan hefner probably probably going to be third or fourth on there i would say just because he's he has that head coach experience it's not been in the power five so however you want to weigh that he's had a lot of a lot of success um so yeah i'd I'd have dan hefner after the a&m guys and then um Nate Thompson from Arkansas. Nate Thompson from Arkansas. That would be my list. Take it or leave it.
0: (laughs) Four guys from the state of Texas. Yeah. That'd be good. You'd get recruiting ties back in the state of Texas.
1: Right. Yeah, and all of those, I mean, what's been the theme with hiring Nebraska coaches recently under Moose? Nebraska ties. All those guys have strong Nebraska ties. I think that's really important. Um so then if yeah you go out from that is is head coaching experience a high priority for moose? He said it is.
0: I think for Bill it's about getting one of the best candidates on the market. I think it's about having Nebraska hire one of the best guys available um, and this you know as I've kind of thought about it, he's hired a bunch of coaches since he got here he's hired. Uh, rifle and men's golf and women's gym and men's tennis, the lower profile ones. But he's made um, the football higher. He's made the men's basketball higher. And now he's going to make a baseball. So in his first three years, he's made, he's changed over probably the three major coaches here. Three major men's coaches here. Yep. Volleyball is, I would put volleyball as like the second biggest sport. So I'm not going to say the three major sports. Yep, Three major men's. Frost was... Frost was easy. Yep. I'll, I'll, I'll just say Frost was getting Frost here was easy. If he didn't have the Nebraska tie, I don't think they get him. But because he had the Nebraska tie, I didn't think anybody else was getting him. Fred Hoiberg. I don't think it was as easy, but as we've seen since he took the job, um, he loves the facilities here. Absolutely loves uh, the tools that he has at his disposal and the Nebraska ties, were maybe even even more profound than we thought they were going to be. This one, I think, is going to be incredibly interesting because there's not... I don't know that there's a clear-cut guy that Moose can say, I'm going to get this guy. I feel great about him. Because, like you said, at the top of everybody's list is Rob Childress. I don't know if he would leave Texas A&M. And it sounds like you don't know if he would leave Texas A&M. And it sounds like a lot of other people don't know if he would leave Texas A&M. And so at that point, you go to either 2 or 1B. And I've seen guys that like um, either Texas A&M assistant. I've seen guys that like Nate Thompson. I've seen guys that like, you know, I saw Kendall Rogers from D1 Baseball tweeted, Iu uh, Iowa Baseball's Rick Heller would be a good guy to target. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe one of the guys here in Omaha gets a look. <laughs> I've seen talk about Ed Service at Creighton maybe i mean they're it's local understand how to how to play here yep do you like this trend of did he play at nebraska okay cool let's give him a job offer <laughs> across any sport
1: i think it's i think it's very important because i think nebraska has a very unique situation and fan base that you almost have to have a little bit of familiarity with it to be to have some success because to know what you're dealing with and the expectations at Nebraska a lot of times having a connection is very very important and I think it should be very very high on the list does it does it have to be a priority no but I think it's
0: it p- puts your resume above almost everybody's when you do have a connection like that well Frost did make the comment when they did their big red blitz tour thing that i think he said to fans you guys are maybe a little bit too involved (laughs) uh and the fan base here is crazy and so if you can have a little bit of knowledge heading in so it's not just a complete culture shock that would probably be helpful i can imagine that would be helpful
1: yep yeah so yeah no i'm curious where because bill Moose specifically said that he was looking for like you said pitching is important to him and then Someone with success at a Power Five conference um, as a head coach, so that'll be that'll be interesting to see how how strongly he sticks to that, because some of these are assistants. So He's really
0: made quick moves with his other two major hires so far. Frost was was really fast. Um, it was just sort of quote unquote delayed because he was still coaching for mm. UCF and they wanted to let him finish out the season. Hoiberg, they had basically had him before miles was even let go do you think this one is going to follow a similar timeline in the sense that it'll take maybe a week and we'll know who the new coach is or do you think this will be a job that will take a little bit of time to fill because he'll have to go through one or two candidates
1: yeah i would expect this one to drag out a little longer partially because i mean most all the guys on this list are still are still playing baseball too right so that's part of it um and like you said, it's not. This will be exciting to follow because, yeah, I mean, there's not a slam dunk guy. Yeah, Hoyberg and Frost are, the two guys that were expected. I mean, Hoyberg was not not as much as Frost, but, um, yeah, this is this will be just fun to follow because I think you've got a lot of good options. It's just, what's the best option and who's interested?
0: Yeah. What'd you think of their performance in the? OKC okay, Regional. We'll close it out on that.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm curious to hear about your experience there because we listened to – we were coming back from the wedding Saturday night and the game's wrapping up at, oh, what, 1130 or like midnight, midnight in Oklahoma City. So we have it on the – Stupid weather. <laughs> yeah. So we have it on, on the radio. And my family, we're driving back from the wedding reception. Um have it on the radio and I knew we were up five zero. Got to 5-2, feeling confident, and that was by far the most heartbreaking loss of the season, not even close. So, I mean, just the way that ended, and it just doesn't seem right the way the season ended because of how much success they had. They go down there, win the first game, feeling real high. For the season to end the way it did, just, and then for Darren, it sounded like Darren was out Either way, however, the season ended, it just, you, you wish it would have ended better for the team and for the guys. And to lose a game like that, they, lo- I mean, they lost the regional and on one hit, pretty yeah. much. I, the dude bombs a three run homer and there's so many breaks the sign in left field. Yeah. And so many people are questioning the pitching moves and all this. And when it comes down to it, is a great dude that smashed a three-run homer. It was a superhuman thing.
0: Right. They yeah. won it. I don't think Nebraska lost it. I think they won it.
1: Right. So, I really hope it doesn't have a negative light on the team or the coaches or anything like that. It was just Okie State did a superhuman
0: thing and ruined Nebraska's season. So, I was heartbroken. Oh. I was heartbroken for myself because I had the best story written and ready to go. Oh, they're up five zero. And I have this story about Bricktown and Magic and Darren conquering a park that the only reason he's coaching in is because the last guy couldn't... I had a great story lined up. I bet. It was awesome, and I was so happy in for him In the it. ninth inning. And then it all came crashing down. But, I, no, I, I felt I felt really bad. And you asked me before we started podcasting what the mood was like with the team in the, the postgame, and it was hard. Um, Darren was obviously upset. I think it was Altavilla and uh, Waldron that they brought in there, and both those guys were just crushed. And somebody asked Darren Ursa said a question about Boone, Trevor Boone, the guy who hit the home run to win it. And I think something along like it was his 20th home run, so it was it was an Oklahoma State writer asking about him as a power hitter, and Altavilla just scoffed at it and then kept moving around and was like, oh, "This is the stupidest question. Why are we talking about?" Like clearly agitated, very upset. And Chris Walsh was there with me. I said to him, we we talked about it after the game. We both agreed, yeah, their season just ended, Uh, which sucks. (laughs) Because there was a 12-hour turnaround, almost an exact 12-hour turnaround, and what, eight hours of that asleep, seven hours of that asleep. uh, And they come back the next morning, and there was a play, and I included this in my gamer. there was a play when UConn hit its first home run in the game in the second inning to go up 2-0 it tracked towards the same spot that Trevor Boone hit his home run the night before. And so it went over Altavilla's head at third base and I just watched his reaction. And shoulders sunk, body just kind of let out a massive sigh. His head dropped, his hands went on his hips and he was just kind of walking around. I was like, they're done, this is done. And it, and it was it was very hard to watch and very sad to watch because they were, as Ersted has said and as Moose has said, I mean, they could very well still be playing baseball right now. Like, they were a win away from having a foot in the door at the Super Regional. Yeah. Or an, an inning away, One me. out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. An inning, an out. I mean, they were right there. So, yep. a ball or a strike. Because like, it was a full two count, or a full count, wasn't
1: it? Um, was I'm it? pretty sure it was I, a three-two count. Maybe you're right. I was thinking it was an early, just early pitch bomb, but maybe not. Either way, it went a long ways, and... They scored three runs. I'm probably wrong.
0: You're probably right. <laughs> you were there. Because um, I'm thinking back to all the reaction. It might have been a first pitch hit. I think it was. Because he was firing fastballs. and Yeah, you're right. Okay, I'm wrong. I'm stupid. Once it's, again. It counted three runs and tragedy for Nebraska either way. Yep. Tough stuff. Now they got to find a new coach.
1: Yep. It'll so. be interesting to follow. It should be a fun one. Yeah. Like you said, because there's not,
0: not that guy that... That everybody expects. So. I think it'll be the most interesting hire that Moose has made. I think it'll be um, the one that tells you the most about his ability to go get coaches uh, and to evaluate talent, mm. and I think it'll be an interesting couple weeks for baseball. And how much money does not Raska want to put out there? That, too, because there are some plans that they would like to get rolling that cost a lot of money. Mm. So, Yeah. All right, Kyle. Uh, Kyle Cardell will keep you covered with baseball stuff, so... Follow him on Twitter and, and read his stuff on hillvarsity.com. Thanks for
1: having me, Derek. Thanks.
0: Now, it's uh, let's go eat some donuts. Yeah, right on. Huh? All right. We'll be back Friday with a podcast with Jacob Padilla to talk Isaiah Roby because Isaiah stuck in the draft and we have yet to talk about it, so we will talk to him on Friday. Um, until then, keep reading hillvarsity.com. Thanks, guys.